This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. You know, as you know, we care about all aspects of your life, including your financial planning. Well, today I have with me Justin Ash to discuss why you should start your pilot financial life early. But before we get started and before I introduce Justin, a couple of announcements. I've been talking about this. Uh, go to facebook.com slash aviation careers podcast. If you want to know where we are, how to meet us, uh, events we're having, what I've been doing is sharing events on there, events we're going to and other people that have placed events out there on Facebook. I just shared one today and that's for the Sport Aviation Expo over there in Sebring, Florida. I also have a link in the show notes. Kind of cool about the history of the expo and and uh, lo and behold, we've been going to it for many, many years and uh, and actually have been going to it since the beginning. It's really a cool expo. It's uh, basically light sport aircraft, uh, but it's grown from there. It's really affordable flying. It's uh, They've been on the forefront of light sport, but they also have people come from all over the world. It has some incredible speakers this year. They have an air show. They have, you know, it's basically the place to see and buy and try out uh, sport aircraft. That's it. It's it's the bottom line. And it, it's basically where aviation starts. Aviation starts here at the small aircraft. This is where we all got our start in life. So I really highly recommend you going there to actually see the people that are there this year, talk to the people, and reach out. It's really, it, it's a very close-knit group. It's very, it's smaller. It's light sport. Uh, the, the show is a little bit smaller, a little more manageable. You can see just about everything. And they have some amazing, amazing people that will be there. And, by the way, uh, we're going to be there recording, but uh, for Stuck Mike Avcast. So if you want to hear some of the interviews, we're actually going to have uh, Peggy Chabrian, uh, the founder of Women in Aviation, uh, actually Kat Swain, an instructor of military pilot and also civilian pilot and a drone expert. And also, of course, Story Musgrave, the astronaut who performed the first shuttle spacewalk on the Challenger's first flight into space. So uh, check that out when it comes out at uh, Stuck Mike Avcast. And we'll talk a little bit about it here because we're, of course, going to be talking to folks uh, about aviation careers. Also, by the way, on the coaching side of things, I know a lot of people signing up for coaching right now. com slash coaching. Check out our availability. Uh, a reminder, I'm in the East Coast. I do all my coaching from home when I'm, uh, I try not to do it on the road. If you do sign up for coaching, you get my cell phone number. If there's an emergency coaching session we have to do, I will I will definitely do it on an overnight. But you have to understand I need to get my rest. And, and uh, the most important thing while I'm flying for the airline is to make sure I do get rest. That's why I don't do coaching sessions during my overnights. Of course, if I have a long overnight, I can do that for you. I did a coaching session the other day um, that was uh, an emergency coaching session. I had to, had to get an answer to a question. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, it was great to help the person out. Um, but if you're going to set up a coaching session when you do... The actual uh, online form for the coaching session, you'll see that the it's Eastern time, and that's actually here in Lakeland, Florida. So if you're going to actually set up a session, just remember Eastern time is where you're setting that session up in that time zone. Uh, and I know we have people from all over the world that set these up, but every so often someone uh, makes mistakes and says, oh, no, that's right. Happens about every two to three months. Someone will say, oh, I forgot you were in Eastern time zone here. I'm in over in the Pacific, and uh, <laughs> and we have to reschedule. But that's okay. That happens. Anyway, 
uh, getting to our topic today uh, is uh, it's basically uh, we're talking about starting your financial life as a pilot very early. And uh, I want to introduce somebody that uh, came to me a while ago. It's somebody that uh, I've gotten to know over the past few months. Interesting person and knows quite a few things about finance. And that's Justin Ash. Uh, Justin, welcome to the podcast. And, uh, you know, before we get started, uh, have you been flying lately? I have not been flying much lately. Uh, thank you for the introduction, Carl. I've I've been out actually for about the last six weeks or so. I I had a little uh, anybody who has children, my three year old daughter. I was chasing her and ended up injuring my foot. So prior to that, I flew a trip back in the beginning of December and then had this little mishap over Christmas break uh, when I was home with the family for Christmas. So. <laughs> And, and and as an airline pilot, it's uh, something a little bit different when you say break a bone or twist an ankle. You can be out of work, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, if I had an office job, I could come into the office each day and you know wear a walking boot or some you know some something like that. With this, obviously, we can't fly an airplane, so it it is very easy to find yourself on leave or disability. Uh, as pilots, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your background. You're into aviation and in, in financial planning. So first, let's talk flying. Let's, of course, we're, we love to fly. Uh, you know, how did you get into it, and uh, what's what's your background? I think it's in training, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of my background's in training. I, I like to say I was born and raised a pilot. My father was a pilot for 23 years at the 121 level. I was, my mother and father actually met on a glider port, so I started flying at a very young age and uh, started in airplanes that didn't have motors, i.e. gliders, and I've just, I started flying back in 2001 and have kind of followed in my father's footsteps. I've been an instructor for 14 years now, have a strong passion for uh, teaching and educating young pilots coming into the business. And I've worked in a lot of different aspects of the business, uh, teaching, management side of things, um, different different areas. So, yeah. And so what's interesting is you've done this. You've done this flying. And you, you don't have a really good background. We'll get into too much of it. But you've done uh, the 121 thing. You've been a chief of a 141 school. You've, you've done it all there. Uh, and you still do some instructing at the airline level now. And that's really cool. And that's, that's a lot of fun. By the way, um, since this is a careers podcast, we should talk a little bit about that. Do you like doing that? I do. I enjoy it a lot. Uh, the teaching side of things just really, it keeps you in the books. It keeps you uh, involved in the people coming in and learning and the new changes in the industry. And, you know, right now you see SMS and different things like that coming down the pipe that everybody's kind of learning about. So I, I really enjoy it from that aspect. It keeps me in the books. It keeps me involved and it allows me to interact with new, fresh people coming in uh, to the, you know, to the company and things like that. So, yeah, I think it's a great thing for people to do, especially if you're close to your airlines training hub or something like that. And it's, you know, you can, if you live in that same domicile and you can go in and teach and then maybe go fly the line some months. So yeah, it's really nice. Well, I tell you, Justin, I know we're going to talk finance in this episode, but maybe you would come back and talk about your background in, in instructing for, for those people that might be interested in a career in instructing. I th that would that would be a lot of fun, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've got, uh, like I said, a, a long history there. I'd, I've been a Czech airman and 141 chief pilot, director of operations for a small um, flight school, things like that. So I'm very much in touch with that and I enjoy talking about it. So there's a lot of opportunity in those areas to really develop yourself as a pilot that I think get overlooked. So. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we're definitely going to do another episode with you about that. Today, we're focusing on, on, on your financial life, you, the listener, and, and why it's important to start your pilot financial life early and, and just in general. But uh, we're talking pilot specific today because a lot of people ask, you know, what's, you know, what's the difference between pilots and, and other people when it comes to finances? Uh, so, uh, so Justin, just a, a couple of things. There, there are a few differences, aren't there? There are a lot of differences. We as pilots have somewhat of a unique economic picture and because we face things like mandatory retirement at age 65, we have CBAs that really outline what we receive as far as benefit packages and things from the airline. And then you also factor in things like seniority, furloughing, things of that nature that can really affect your economic picture throughout your career. So it's a very unique picture that we have, yes. And speaking of furloughing, I know right now we're going through furloughs in the government because there's a quote-unquote government shutdown. Obviously, uh, there's people that are staying there, you know, all the essential services. But right now, I'm I'm working with people that have actually been furloughed from the, the government. And, and as many of you know that have heard me in the podcast, I'm actually was, you know, for United Express, I used to be the, the furlough coordinator. And uh, what a furlough is, it, it's a leave of absence. Uh, but... You know, it's in an involuntary leave of absence. Instead of, of laying you off, it's a leave of absence, which uh, a lot of times goes with pay for a certain amount of time. That's something we might talk about. Uh, and that's something that's important to find out in your CBAs or collective bargaining agreements, which he mentioned right before there. Uh, so it's uh, that's something that's going on in the industry right now. I can talk more about furloughs in another episode. But just remember, it's an involuntary leave of absence is what a furlough really is. Um, but, uh, but getting back to what we're talking about is far as benefits are concerned and your airline and what you should con consider in your life, your early pilot life. So, you know, tell us a little bit about what, what people should, you know, kind of think about when they're, they're starting their pilot financial life early. Getting started is the biggest key factor, mm -hmm. you know, putting those proper pieces in place. And even if maybe you don't think you can afford something or something along those lines. And then as you progress through your career, you know, that's something that's very unique to us as well. We tend to progress, especially right now, which is great. We're kind of seeing a golden age of aviation right now with everybody going from the instructing to regionals to majors. And as you do that, your financial picture changes quite a bit. So traditionally nowadays, you're going to see most CBAs or collective bargaining agreements are going to include all of your basic stuff, uh, long-term disability, short-term disability, insurance, life insurance, things of that nature. And then along with that's going to come your retirement, which is going to be 401ks, uh, profit sharing. A lot of companies offer what they call uh, company stock purchase programs, where you can actually purchase the company's stock at a discount, which is nice. And uh, most of these now, 401ks, things like that, um, 
we have to put in and the company will either give us a defined contribution of X amount or a matching. So those are all things that you want to look at, be very familiar with as you transition through your career to different companies and ultimately land at your uh, career company, uh, hopefully a legacy carrier. So these the benefits that are offered by airlines in, are including health insurance and in life insurance. There's many different things that are usually spelled out in the collective bargaining agreements. We're going to call them CBAs. Um, the one thing that we did get a question, if you don't mind, one of our, our listeners wrote in, in one of our past episodes, we discussed things that you should consider when you're going to an airline. There's this term that comes up all the time. People call it an A fund and a B fund. Is there? Can you maybe explain a little bit about what, what that means, an A fund and B fund, and why that's important for someone's financial future? Yeah, absolutely. A and B funds, they are different uh, in the sense of how the retirement accrues and who takes on the risk and who funds it. So an A fund is a defined benefit plan. So that's a defined benefit that you're going to receive in retirement X amount of dollars from the company. It's more traditionally or commonly known as your traditional pension plan. It's what they used to have uh, if anybody remembers prior to 9-11, a lot of that stuff started was there and started going away. So that's a defined benefit plan. The, uh, the company takes on all of the risk. They put all of the money into it. They take all of the investment risk, and they say, you're going to receive X amount of dollars in your retirement no matter what. And people really like those because they don't have the risk. They don't have to put any money in. They don't assume any risk. If the market uh, has a correction at an inopportune time, you're still going to receive X amount of dollars in your retirement. And the company will actually pull from their um, pile of cash, if, if you will, to bring that back up to where it needs to be if the market is not performing the way it should be. So, And then you have the B fund, which is a defined contribution plan or more commonly known as your traditional 401ks and things of that nature that we have today. And so those are, you're receiving a contribution from the company, but you're also putting in yourself. And that may be in the form of a match that the company's putting money in, or it may be in the form of a defined contribution. They're giving you a percentage of your salary. So 10%, 11%, something like that. And then you can put in your max contribution on top of that, which right now under uh, current regulations is 18,500 a year uh, under the age of 50. So uh, the 401ks are the more traditional plans that you see today. The reason for that is because it takes all of the risk away from the company, which we know if they can give risk over to us, a lot of times <laughs> they like to do that. And so they've done away with the older style A fund pensions, and they've gone to more of this B fund where they're giving you a, you know, a sizable contribution, but you're taking on the risk to invest. If it retirement time, the market is in a correction, the market's in a correction. They're not going to do anything for it. And so you've seen most most of that at, across the legacy carriers. It's not at all of them, but it is at most of them now is the B, the B funds. So, Interestingly, most of the folks that you talk to, they, they know about the B funds being your traditional 401k. One of the things that's really great about the benefits of being an airline pilot is that the B fund comes along with either a match, like you said, or, or a contribution there that is pretty darn high, isn't it? 
It is. It's like 13 to, I think, like 16% or even more in some cases. That's that's a lot of money. It is, absolutely, Carl. Yeah, it's a lot of money, and it's much higher than you're going to see in most other industries. Uh, You're going to see – I've seen contributions as low as about 6% at what most people would call a major or a legacy, and then you'll see that go as high. The highest right now that I know of uh, is 16.4%. So there's a pretty wide range, but most of your legacies, like you said, are up there above 10%. And it varies from airline to airline, CBA to CBA, but that's quite a bit higher than you see almost in almost any other industry. So we are very lucky to have that uh, almost standard in, in a lot of CBAs nowadays. So, Yeah, I know when I, when I go to talk to one of my brokers, he's like, you know, there's not too many industries that do this, so you're pretty lucky to be here. I said, well, luck didn't have all of it to do with it. You know, we, we actually worked hard to get here, but you're right. I mean, it is a great industry. And it's one of the reasons we choose it. Uh, as far as the A funds, I know a lot of people remember they got rid of all these pensions and stuff like that. Well, uh, folks are receiving pensions and from those A funds through the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. And that actually is something that happened a long time ago. The government backed some of these pensions, but they did not get their full pensions. I know they're getting some money. Uh, so when people tell you, and I've heard this a few times, that uh, that the government guarantees it, that's not it's not totally true, is it? No, it's not. They're only going to guarantee a portion of it, and you have to be in the program before. So the people, like you said, Carl, that are receiving it, and they are out there, these are people who retired years ago. Uh, the newer if you're coming in now just because your company, say, had one of these A funds 10 years ago, it's not going to be there for you. So they are still being paid out, but you're right. They're Even the ones that exist today, they are government-backed, but they're not backed 100%. Interesting. The other things – say there's, there's other benefits. I know we're talking about retirement, which is huge because uh, that's what you're planning for. Is there anything else we should talk about benefit-wise before we move on? I mean the A funds, B funds, et cetera? Not with the A and B funds. It really, with that, we kind of touched on that. And it's more about just knowing what your CBA is and how they're structured. They're all structured a little bit differently. But making sure that you're meeting with a a fiduciary advisor that understands the industry and understands what the CBA is and the little nuances within it um, and how your profit sharing and how your match or your defined uh, contribution or DC, as we call it, is being paid and what it's being put into. So because some of these airlines will split them as well, you'll see your profit sharing going into one fund and your direct contribution or DC going into another one. So you just mentioned the fiduciary advisor. Who is that and uh, why is that important to us? A fiduciary advisor is someone who is always looking out for your best interest. So the Department of Labor, the DOL, uh, states that fiduciary advisors are always looking out for the client's best interest and making sure that we're putting everything uh, everything that we're doing and putting in place is in the client's best interest. And a fiduciary advisor is overseen usually by a compliance officer and things of that nature, either at their firm or at their company. Uh, generally, that compliance officer makes sure that that's always being met. So there's just a checks and balances system there. Interesting. Well, before we move on from benefits, I want to talk about another topic. Uh, is there anything else we need to think about as far as benefits offered by the airlines? 
Yeah, you can look at, uh, take a look, always uh, go in and take a look at your benefits as far as disability. Like I was, you know, saying with my foot, um, you know, it's easy for us to end up out on disability. And that's one of those things that can get overlooked is the benefits package. Everybody kind of hones in or dials in on that, that, um, that health insurance portion of it. However, a very critical portion of it is your shorter long-term disability, and that's simply because the retirement fund, the health insurance, all of these things, if we're not earning money, if we're out on disability and we say have not subscribed to a program or um, – or a, a benefit that our company offers to receive that shorter long-term disability and we go out and that income stream stops, we stop funding those retirement plans and, you know, paying, it, it becomes problematic to pay the health insurance deductibles and things of that nature. So as just as important or more important, what I try to really express to people and because of my own experience is make sure you're familiar with that short-term and long-term disability. One thing that's very important on the long-term and short-term disability is is to look at your life and make sure that you plan properly based on what you're going to receive during your disability and also things you won't receive. Just I think you touched on it there. You have to pay for health insurance, you have to actually make sure that you fund your own retirement because that's not you're not you don't have earned income anymore. Uh, so this is an important thing, and it's also important to look at how long that disability goes because uh, at a lot of regionals, they're only offering some at some regionals 24 months, and that's it. Yeah, two years, and also that two years, and that's because some of them, a lot of them will only offer you a loss of license type of long-term disability, and you really want true long-term disability, which will pay at age 65. However, people see loss of license, and they – they'll sometimes think it's similar. So making sure that you understand the difference between the two as well as your company offering you a loss of license coverage or are they offering you a true long-term disability to age 65? So, And that long-term disability till 65, I know a lot of folks are younger listening to this, but there is, and there's many things that can take you out of the game. Uh, a small heart issue. It may not be something life-threatening, does it? It can be something that could keep you out of flying, but you could still do just about anything else. I, I know people that run marathons that are on disability. Imagine that. Well, my father, my father was one. Yeah, it's, it's wild. My father was one of them. He, he went out unexpectedly at age 58 on long-term disability and was forced into early retirement from something that if you saw him, I mean, he looks as healthy as can be. And he just developed a minor nerve disorder and the medication that he had uh, to go on in order to keep it under control uh, just was not approved on the FAA's drug list. So it put him out. And it was just something his doctor picked up at age 58, very unexpectedly. So, yeah, it can come from anywhere. Absolutely. So I know people are going to have a lot of questions. Please write into us, feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. We're, we're kind of just doing a quick overview here. Uh, but there's a couple other topics we want to get into because we could spend an hour just talking about long-term, short-term disability. Uh, and if you have questions of anything that we've brought up, please send it to us. And we'll, we'll get them answered. And, of course, uh, you know, Justin will come back on. But, uh, but a couple of things I do want to go into. The, the next topic that really is, has been of interest to me is there's something new that just happened. There's this tax reform bill. And uh, it's been pretty exciting. Uh, is there anything that I need to be concerned about as a pilot in this tax reform bill? There are a couple of things 
to take a look at. As pilots as a whole, it hasn't affected us enormously, uh, especially if you're only a pilot. Now, for people doing things on the side, side businesses, pass through, things like that, it, it has a larger effect on them. So as a pilot, absolutely, though, you're not allowed uh, the unreimbursed uh, expenses are no longer deductible. So work expenses, things like I know we probably all did it. We used to, I used to deduct, you know, uniforms and shoes and dry cleaning and things like that. That's no longer deductible for us. And that's pretty big. So they've they've basically what they've done is they've taken that away. And then they've added on the standard deduction. They've raised that from 12,000 single to 24,000 married filing joint. And so that's going to be where you're going to get most of that. But you can't deduct that anymore. And another one is you cannot deduct the fees uh, from your advisors. So that's, you know, a good question. You know, I, I run into people and, and, um, you know, advisors will charge fees of varying degrees, and that, that's a whole nother conversation. But those fees are no longer – you're no longer able to write off those fees, and that's important too. If you've got an advisor that's maybe a little bit high on the higher side because of whatever reason and you were writing those fees off, you can't do that anymore. So, Well – Okay, so now we we have many more things than just those things we covered. Uh, you know, gosh, how do you find out about what, what applies to you? Well, as far as uh, you need to talk to a licensed CPA, I'm I am not licensed CPA, so um, you would want to talk to a licensed CPA and see where a lot of this fits in. There has been a lot of changes. Again, as a pilot, those are probably the biggest ones. The the um, the pass-through if you're a business owner, things of that nature. But talking to your CPA and finding out exactly how it affects your specific financial picture is going to be the best route to take. And uh, because there are some other changes in there, depending on where you're at in your career with estate planning uh, and things of that nature as well, gift tax exclusions and things of that nature that have changed. And a lot of these have sunset clauses on them. Most of them are sunsetting in 2025. And so some of them, if you're, say, age 55, and this could affect you for your estate planning or something along those lines, uh, it's important to take a look at that now because you may be able to take advantage of some of those taxes, uh, tax advantages now before they sunset in 2025. So one of the things that you really need to do is talk to your CPA. And I know that a lot of folks starting out right now, they're like, oh, gosh, I don't really need a CPA. Well, maybe you don't right now, but think about it. Because uh, what's going to happen in your aviation career, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, is you're going to get into an income bracket and a couple up pretty quickly. You're going to move up fast, especially now in these days with the with the way the market is and the way people are progressing into the majors and the legacies, et cetera. Uh, you're going to move into those higher tax brackets and your life's going to change. And uh, and then you realize you're going to be that person making a lot of money saying, oh my gosh, what do I do now? And uh, you're going to have to wind up managing that money because uh, you know there's a lot of responsibility now uh, having more money coming in. And I know it's hard to understand that when you're just getting start, started out here. Uh, but it's really important to do that. And that's part of that whole that, that longer-term planning, not, not short-term. I know right now you're just trying to pay your bills uh, for many of you. But you have to really look at, at the long term. And if you just start saving now, I think it's so important. That's one thing I, I, I wish I could tell everybody is that just start now. And it, it really is impactful. I mean, I, I'm sure you, know, you, can, you can agree with that one, Justin. 
Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest things is starting early. And one of the other important things is getting established with someone, becoming established with someone who you trust and that you can develop a relationship with and understands how you're going to progress because you actually hit on a very good point, Carl, and I I won't spend too much time on it, but to me, it's very important in understanding our business, especially now with the rate that people are moving through the different tiers, if you will, or moving through from instructor to regional to major. Most, your average American takes about a 3% pay raise per year. Outside of the one or two or three large events, i.e. promotions or something along those lines, they're, they're maintaining that 3% income increase each year, which is about standard. As pilots now, especially as a young pilot, in the course of five or six or seven years, you're going to be taking on substantial pay increases through those years. And those really affect your investments because you're going to price yourself out of things that you may have wanted to be a part of uh, as your income goes up. And so working with someone early on and understanding that five years from now you're not going to be in the same place is very important. And speaking of five years on, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I want to kind of get this in. Uh, First of all, uh, start early because it compounds very quickly. I know uh, there's a lot of different charts out there. If I can find a link that shows you if you just put 100 bucks away per month for the rest of your life and you start at 25, how much money you'll have left uh, with just compounding at a very small rate. Say it's just 5%, you know, 7%. It's incredible the amount of money you can have at the end, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is. And that sometimes gets lost with, you know, people think I I hear this pretty regularly. Well, I'm not quite where I need to be. I don't quite make enough money yet. Well, if you can afford $100 a month, then that's that's enough, you know, to get started in something uh, like you like I was saying before you price yourself out of maybe some of these investments you do want to be a part of. So absolutely, I agree 100%. And just to piggyback off at your point, if you took $100 and invested it uh, over the course of 30 years at $1,200 a year, you would end up with $85,000 at the end of, of 30 years. So you can turn that $1,200 a month into $85,000, which if you think about it in retirement, that buys you your new ski boat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're going to need a little more than 85,000. I don't know if you have a rule of thumb that you use as far as how much you should have in retirement. There's, these are big numbers now. I know we might, you're going to mention something large, but uh, if someone wants to make a certain amount of money uh, in retirement, is there like a rule of thumb, how much they should have in the bank? There is and there isn't. You know, you'll hear a lot of people say, you know, you want to be able to live off of, you know, it depends. People will say they want to, their lifestyle is going to get cheaper. It's not going to get cheaper. And that's a whole nother discussion. But I would say if you are, you want to have at least, at least 10 times your gross annual income. A better number would be 15 to 20 times that. So, i.e., if you earn $200,000 a year, you really need to have at least $4 million uh, in the bank when you retire, which is you know going to be about 20 times your gross annual income. The minimum is 10, but uh, you want to really shoot for that 15 to 20 because by the time you get into taxes and uh, all these different things, RMD and things that can affect your portfolio, uh, it, it 
goes it, it doesn't go as far as people think and especially to just food for thought how long you know do we expect to be living longer or shorter as the years go by and medical advances and things of that nature you know i foresee people from our generation you know 35 40 years old 45 years old living into their 90s on a pretty regular basis well if you retire at age 65 you may spend 25 or 30 years in retirement and you want to stay healthy during that? You want to make sure you have your financial health, too. And that's what we're talking about. Uh, one of the things that is interesting is that we – and I like to go for the 20 times because I'm Mr. Conservative when it comes to money. Uh, yeah. You just said some big numbers there, by the way, $4 million. And and I know right now if you're starting out, that sounds like a, a ton of money. It actually – and it is. It's a lot of money. It's more than most people make. But we're in the aviation industry, and, and that can be expected to happen. Uh, so in your experience, have you seen people being able to retire with that type of, of finances in their bank or in their investments? In general, yes. As long as you plan properly, uh, there that is an achievable goal. Everybody's financial picture is different. Everybody goes about it a little bit different way. Some people are more conservative. Some people are more aggressive, and that can affect it. However, with our earning potential being at majors, uh, it is an achievable goal, absolutely, especially if you start early. That's the key. Uh, if you if you start thinking about it at 50, it makes it a little bit tougher. If you start thinking about it day one uh, that you set foot at that regional or that major at 30 or 35, years old, it makes it much more of an achievable goal. So again, the starting early is is vastly more important than the actual number itself. If you start early, you start with advisors and people you trust to point you in the right direction, it is absolutely an achievable goal. So let's let's talk about those goals and and where we think the airlines are going to, to close out this discussion today. And, of course, we're going to have more discussions afterwards. But uh, I hope there's a lot of food for thought. And, and by the way, he, he mentioned uh, RMDs, uh, the required minimum distribution. Those are the, the terms that you need to know later on in life and, and understand now to plan your, your financial future. And those are the reasons that you need to kind of talk to somebody. Uh, I'm not going to get into RMDs and what they are because there's a lot of things that you have to consider. But it's something that you need to get to know in the terms terms that you will have to get to know. Do this for me. And this is something I think is really important. Try to start to learn these things. I know you're, gosh, you're learning so many things, right? You're learning how to fly an airplane. You're learning all these things about the rules. You're learning how to actually understand your contracts, et cetera, what airline to go to. You know what? You're, you're also going to have to start planning that financial part of your world. And it's so, so important. Uh, I know we're not really a financial show, but the reason I have people come on to talk finances, because I think it's incredibly important. And and the other th reason I do this, and, and I, I think Justin will agree with this, is a lot of times as children, our parents, our teachers, etc., I think are afraid to discuss this with us because there seems to be this aura of, you know, money's kind of dirty and stuff like that. It's, it isn't. It's, it's just money. It's, it's like kind of brushing their teeth and taking care of your body. You just you have to do it, and you, you have to spend time understanding it, just like you have to understand your health and the fact that as you get older, you're going to have to start doing other things in, in your health and with your life. Same thing with finance. You have to do the same thing. W wouldn't you agree with that, Justin? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's a critical part, you know, and, and I like to I, I very easily sum it up as this, you know, your, your financial journey through life, it, it's just like we fly an airplane, right? So if you go from um, point A to point B, you don't just look at the weather from the minute you're going to touch down in your destination. You don't just look at it at the destination. You don't just look at one MEL, you look at all of them or none of them. And, and that's the part of your financial life. You, you really want to be uh, educated and aware of what's going on in all aspects of it because it affects every piece of it affects the other piece. You know, we, we check the weather from an hour before to an hour after all the in route weather, what could possibly happen, fuel contingencies, all these kinds of things. And we do it with our health as well. You know, we go for our annual checkups. We try to eat right. We try to exercise right. And that's so that we can live a longer, healthier life. And finances are the same way. If you don't check on it regularly, if you don't work with someone and talk about it and see where you're at on a regular basis, it can get away from you. And uh, it's very important. And we start doing all those things, you know, as a pilot, you start learning those fundamentals right from your private pilot's license, right? Everybody, every instructor has been in there going, eh, pick up the checklist, pick up the checklist, you know, and because that's a foundation and, and that's the same with your financial world. Absolutely. So before we close out, let's talk a little bit about the future of the airline industry. And uh, this is always a tough one. Uh, and, uh, you know, people talk about, we were talking about the pilot shortage and stuff like that. I mean, we've been talking about that for so many years. Uh, and uh, there's all these people that have opinions, et cetera. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I will make some predictions. And uh, I will predict this, that in, the, in your future, and this is why you need to save and be very conservative, there will be a recession, Okay and uh in the future and uh also i think there's going to be you know both a bear and and a bull market boy that's a pretty wide uh, prediction isn't it justin yeah that's uh <laughs> that's taken a pretty wide swath i i would definitely agree we will see at least one uh most people say if you're 35 to age 65 you're going to see two to three of them because they on average come about every 10 years so yeah <laughs> so yeah. I know it would be a little bit funnier, but but it's true. I mean, we everybody tries to predict it. If if you can predict the exact day it's going to happen, boy, you know, hats off to you. But you need to plan for it no matter what. I know there's so many people right now that are I think there's no way that's going to happen. I tell you, right before nine eleven, uh, everybody was saying the same thing. There's nothing that can turn this ship around, and it turned around within a day. And uh, it can happen, and that's why you need to plan. Uh, you know, you hope for the best, plan for the worst, just like in your flight planning. But as far as the industry is concerned, some happy news. Uh, I think we're going to see much higher incomes. We're going to see things move forward, better benefits, et cetera. Uh, but in the lifetime, you know, we talk about earning potential, easily earnings potential. If you're starting off young, uh, $7, 8000000 million in total income over a lifetime. Uh, or if you're in your 50s starting, you'll still see that, say, $4 million that you can you can get to within uh, with an airline job, et cetera. Uh, but, you know, like I said, you know, you said even is at 50, if you're starting out, you know, make sure you start putting a lot of money away. Um, but that's actually my prediction. Uh, I don't know what your numbers you've had. And as far as uh, and there's, you know, these are all predictions, by the way. Uh, and, you know, we we're all somewhat right and somewhat wrong. But, you know, what do you see them as far as predictions for this? What's coming ahead with the airlines and benefits, et cetera, and earnings? I think you're right. I think we are in a kind of that golden age of aviation right now. Uh, my opinion, I you know I've watched the ups and downs, and 
I think we're in that golden age, and I think we're there for a little while. I mean, if you look at the numbers, you look at the fact that people are not – people want to fly, and people are you – know, the economy's good. People have money to do it. So I, I think we're going to be there for a little while. However, my big caution to everybody is we are there, and we need to take advantage of that, and we we are enjoying it right now. Um, but the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And, and that's almost sometimes where I get leery or get kind of uh, cautious is the better it gets. I'm like, okay, where's the correction, you know, and it tends to be bigger. So just understand that that is coming and that you want to put yourself in a good position, uh, when it does. But I think we're, I, I agree with you, Carl. I think we've got it several more years of, of really positive outlook. And I, I'm really happy to see the flight schools cranking, uh, again and people going back to flight school and coming into the airlines and everybody's kind of talking about it. And it's exciting again, because I know you remember as well as I do, you know, there in the, you know, um, 08, 09, 2010, 2011, it was, you know, it was, it was definitely a different time. So <laughs> it sure was. Uh, interestingly, I, in the past three recessions, I've started a business during every one and, uh, people always say you're crazy to do that, but that's actually one of the best times to, and it's the best time to start planning to your future. And sometimes if you just act like that, that you're right, the recession's right around the bend, you will change the way that you save, but you know, You'll also start investing better, and I think you'll save more, and you'll be better off financially. And you know what happens when a recession does come, and when you have done that and you've planned? Boy, you can really take advantage of things. You know, when when prices come down on just about everything, you're jumping in because you have the cash to be able to purchase things, and you're sitting pretty. It's nice to be able to to outlive your money, you know, and that's really what, what true wealth is, is to, is to be able to, to continue on without having any type of income. And, you know, if you're just working paycheck to paycheck, then, you know, that's not a, a great way to be. As a matter of fact, and I'm sure Justin, you've seen this, there's, it doesn't matter how much you make. You know, I have friends making three, 400,000 a year that are living paycheck to paycheck. And that's crazy. And that, and well, it, and I shouldn't say crazy, but it's their situation that they got into. And that's just the way it is. Whereas you really need to be conservative with that money and make sure you put it away and start, start now. If you're listening now and you're in that, that bracket, you know, I really encourage you to do something to change that and start saving. Uh, so I, I think that's quite important. I'm sure, sure you've seen this too, Justin. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, how you live, how much you make is is not a direct always a direct reflection on where you are financially by any stretch of the imagination. It's um you know, obviously more money helps, but it it isn't. I mean, I've seen people who have positioned themselves properly on an 80 or 100,000 dollar a year income and and they're able to retire at age 55 you know, just from simple, proper planning and uh, people like you said. So it, it really comes down to the two factors you've hit on, Carl, starting early and planning right. As if you do those two things, the difference between a $300,000 a year income and a $200,000 a year income isn't going to mean much to you in retirement. 
and that's really important to start early, start you know and start planning now and and put money away and if there's something that you know I'd really encourage you to do is, is really start looking at that today you don't have to do anything other than just start researching right now and reach out to us feedback at aviation cares podcast we'll get all those questions over to Justin Justin I know we've run out of time but I'd love to have you come back and talk first of all about your career in teaching and your long career in, in the aviation and also about some of these other topics and we do get questions yeah absolutely i would love to come back and i would love to do a whole segment on teaching and just talking about the industry uh, i know you've got a lot of great things exciting things going on on your end and and uh, yeah i i'd really enjoy talking about that and and kind of what i've experienced because you know so many people are coming up now through the regionals and everything else and and moving on so quickly it makes the learning curve a little bit shorter <laughs> <laughs> it sure does it sure does and and of course justin if they if they have questions we'll forward them on to you and uh and just uh, if you can write us back and, and I can answer them in the next episode, that'd be great if you can't come on. but uh, And then if we can get you on live again, this is terrific. I mean, we don't live far from each other. Actually, it's funny how that is. Pilots always migrate to Florida, don't they? <laughs> yeah, we love it down here. I I migrated, you know, down here. Uh, my father migrated me down here, which is kind of funny. He was a pilot, and I got here, and I'm like, this is fantastic. Why would you leave? So there's no mountain, you know, no granite clouds to run into, and and half the year is VFR. So uh, it's it's definitely a pilot's paradise, in my opinion. But don't tell anybody else that. <laughs> I think people have heard. I think they're moving in in droves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, before we close, anything else, Justin, uh, you want to tell the folks, the listeners, about uh, their financial life uh, and uh, and any maybe words of encouragement for people that are just getting started right now? Uh, yeah, just you know, like we touched base on, uh, I, I'm more than happy to answer answer any questions that you may have. I I love educating, teaching, and whether those questions are financial or you know about your career, whatever it may be. And uh, we are in a golden age right now of aviation, so enjoy it. Uh, you take this opportunity now to really plan and and look forward to your career. Uh, there's, I think, really blue skies in front of us. Uh, and just make sure that uh, you're thinking about it. That's the key. Make sure you're thinking about it and you're maybe start talking with some people and things of that nature. Don't think that just because you're at a regional or you're still CFI instructing or whatever it may be, um, that now is not the right time. Now is absolutely the right time. I try to you know, get to people and work with them and help educate them prior to age 35. That's, that's really a big, that to me, that's a key number. When you look over the long term. if you can start planning and really look at things prior to age 35 at the regionals or wherever you're at, the earlier, the better, but, um, that's a, that's when I try to focus and get to people I think that's a great idea. Um, but, it, but if you're starting late too, I mean, this is, uh, it's good to, I know there's a lot of folks that are listening now that are career changers. Uh, it, it's important to start. Whenever you start, you start. That's where you are. But you're right. If you can start early, gosh, I, I wish everybody would put away a hundred dollars a month or $50 or whatever they can every month, uh, for the rest of their lives. Because if you start when you're really young, you'd be surprised how that grows. It's that whole compound interest thing that we don't talk about <laughs> in, in yeah. schools anymore. It's really, 
really, it, it is somewhat that simple, but it, I mean, obviously there's more to it, and we talked about it in, in, in our long discussion here. Uh, but I look forward to some more discussions with you, Justin. This has been a lot of fun, and I can't wait to have you back on and talk a little bit about your instructing background and the careers. Uh, a little teaser, there are other careers out there besides just you know flying the airplanes. There's a lot of teaching that goes on in many different aspects, and, and Justin will hopefully be able to touch on those things. Not just flight, not just instructing in the airplane. There's other things too. There's like you said, SMS and, and a whole slew of other things. And we're gonna we're gonna enjoy having a discussion about that in the future. I can't wait to have you back on, Justin. Absolutely, Carl. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on, and and I uh, look forward to the next time that we get to talk and all those uh, talk a little bit more uh, about airplanes and not so much about money. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, a plan, and that's what uh, people are here to listen to is, is airplanes. Uh, but it is important in your life. If you're listening right now and you're thinking, you know, well, how does this affect me? It really does, and it's going to affect your retirement. And uh, you know, money is something that that we don't plan for sometimes, but it's something you have to plan for. Uh, in your retirement, et cetera. One of the things that I, I think I, I'd like you to do, and I always tell people at the end of the show to do something today to move forward in your career and your life. Uh, look at something uh, right now, if you can. Uh, you know, stop the show, et cetera. Right, if you're online right now listening to this, go out there and try to check out some websites and and check out information. I have links to Justin's information on the website. Find out something that you can learn today. Do something now to move forward in your career and your life. Whether it's just picking up something. Uh, about finance, understanding the the real reasoning behind uh, compound interest, et cetera. Do it now. Do it today. And you know what? You're going to move forward in your career. You're going to get there, and <laughs> you're going to get there sooner than you think. You're definitely going to make it to your career goal and your life goal, and that's really important to us here at Aviation Careers Podcast. Well, we'll talk to you next episode. Safe flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.